the first thing to do is start doing the work, honestly. Like, you shouldn't make, oh, I need to, like, get accounting software. I need to, like, register my business. I need to get a business card or whatever it is, you know, that, that's going to come as part of it is not your first steps to running a business. The first step is to actually have the demand, I think. So to actually have someone who wants to pay you for the services that you want to offer in order to like have money coming in to warrant needing to start a business. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today, we're going to talk about business. We're going to talk shop, as they say. Business. I really wanted to do, yeah, I really wanted to do an episode talking about, like, perhaps the less fun side of running a business as a designer or a creative, you know, us creative types are, uh, you know, they have that left side, right side of the brain thing. We're more interested in the creative thing side of stuff, like you know, the actual making the designs, working with the clients, talking to people. Mm -hmm. We're less interested in the numbers side of things and like the paperwork and the accounting. But that stuff is really important if you want to actually run a good business. So today that's what we're going to talk about, what we've learned from our freelancing and business efforts over the years. Obviously, disclaimer, neither of us are experts in this field. <laughs> True. But hey, I think you'll still get some value from hearing what we have to say about it anyway. First though, fam, you just got back from another work trip to South America. How how was it and how are you doing being back? Oh my gosh, it was, oh, the weather was so nice. I spent like half a week in Mexico and then five days or so in Brazil visiting Sao Paulo. And I forget that, of course, it's summer down there in Brazil because <laughs> you're in the Southern Hemisphere. And oh my gosh, it was so hot. There were days where I think it got up to like 36 degrees celsius whoa which i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but it must be over 100 it was super super warm uh but yeah it was really nice it was full-on like back to back all day with my workmates like getting stuff done and doing testing and research but we had a really good time i'm uh i'm glad to be back although it's pretty cold up here in the north i have to say <laughs> I have a question for you. Did you realize it was summer down there before you left for the trip Not or did you get really. there in like your winter coat and then be like, ah, crap. <laughs> no, I, I definitely at least like looked on Google what the okay, what good. the weather was before I left and I did not bring a winter jacket with me. Uh, but it's, I, I guess it's kind of like monsoon season at the moment oh. in Brazil. So while it was really, really warm, it also rained a lot, like a lot of rain. Like when the rain comes down, it really comes down. Uh, and it, it was so funny because we like were kind of uh, like blind to this. We didn't really know it was a thing. And on one of the first days, we were walking down this market, and it started spitting really lightly. And we were like, "Oh, okay, just a little bit of like whatever light spitting rain. It doesn't really make a difference." But everyone at the market started packing up like all of their stuff. Whoa. They were like packing it up, throwing it into the van, and we were like why is everyone packing up? Like just like a tiny, slight overreaction. Yeah, like yeah. it's just a tiny bit of rain. But then lo and behold, five minutes later, it was a complete downpour that lasted for hours. So I guess the locals know like as soon as the rain starts coming, it's, it's really going to come down. That's so funny that you mentioned this. It makes me like 
reminisce back to childhood because I grew up in Asia and in Brunei. That's so right, like that's right. A tropical country, you know, and the rain was definitely like that there. Like if it rained, it started spitting and you were like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> and you knew that it was going to come down and not stop for ages. Yeah. So it was, it was good. It was a real experience. I, I'd never been to South America before. I'd been to Mexico previously, but I guess that's kind of Central America. Mm. Um, so this was my first time there, first time in Brazil. Oh, the food was really good. The weather was good. Yeah, it was it was really nice. Highly recommended. Amazing. Well, glad to hear that you're back safely and, you know, back into your routine and things, yes. I'm assuming, yes. by now. Yeah, good. How about you? How are you? Because you've been all over in New Zealand and you're going away again soon. So <laughs> <laughs> how are you in this moment of, like, pause in your life? I'm just really enjoying being at home, you know. I think that they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder and... Yeah, being home is really nice when you haven't been home for a while, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. This is my first weekend in London, actually, for 2018 so far, and it will be my only weekend in London um, until, I think it's like the 24th of February, I was telling you earlier, <laughs> yeah. that I'm going to be back here again. So, yeah, lots of travel in the upcoming. I'm heading to California next Friday um, for another company retreat, which will be super fun. Really looking forward to seeing my teammates again. And then after that, I'm spending a little bit of time in San Diego and then also in San Francisco to meet up with some people, film some videos, just extending it, making like a little business trip. I think I've decided that's really what I want to do this year is like travel to the people who I want to spend time with, you know, mm -hmm. and who like I want to make content with and, and, you know, just, just generally want to, want to hang out with. Um, so yeah, there's uh, Pat Flynn in San Diego. We're going to film some videos together. And then there's a few people up in San Francisco, uh, Jarvis Johnson and Mayuko as well from YouTube. Uh, they, I mean, they have YouTube channels, but they work, work, work <laughs> at Patreon. And so I'm really excited to spend some time with them, film some videos with them. It's going to be awesome. Girl, you're like really living this remote life to like the extreme. I think it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to, but I'm also trying to like not overcommit my projects in the meantime. Mm. And I'm slightly worried that I may be earing near that. So I'm just, yeah, trying to keep myself in check, basically. Yeah, I can imagine that must be hard. It's it's always hard traveling. Like I always have the good intention of, oh, you know, well, makes no difference. I'll just keep doing my regular daily side project work. But no, it it's it's really, really hard when you're traveling, I find, to like keep that routine and keep that rhythm going. Totally. And especially when like the company retreat is coming up, you know, a couple of weeks is going to be a full on week of just yeah. being with my company, like definitely no side project time. Uh -huh, I'm uh -huh. not going to, I think I made the mistake of during the first retreat thinking that I could maybe finish editing a video during it, but no, that's just not the way it works. Like if you have downtime, you just want to like chillax because it's, you know, full on spending a lot of time with people as an introvert, you need that downtime. Totally. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad that you're busy and hustling and doing all of these fun things. And I can't wait to hear about them when you get back. Oh, thanks, girl. Shall we get into today's topic? Yes. Running a business. Yes. So serious, but also fun. <laughs> <laughs> My first question for you actually might be a weird one. and I don't know if I'm going to explain it right. But when did you first realize that you were running a business? Because, okay, uh. people probably hear that question and think like, well, oh, I start, decided to start a business and so I started one. But that's not the way it worked for me. Like, shall I just tell my story first? Yeah, and then, yeah, tell it. Let's hear yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So I got this job at ConvertKit, right? 
and started working remote, which means that technically I am like a contractor for the US company of ConvertKit. I'm treated like an employee, but you know, I'm, I'm technically a contractor. I have to send an invoice in every fortnight or whatever. Before that, I'd been doing the odd freelance project here and there and, you know, some sponsored YouTube videos. But I didn't really consider I was like running a business. I was like, oh, it's just like a bit of freelancing on the side. Then I came to work out my tax bill for like the previous tax year. And I was like, ugh, there must be a better way around this. Because for like three months of the year, I had been fully like self-employed technically, you know, as a sole trader, which is... um. We'll get into that later, but that's like this, you don't have to set up an actual company to run a business, right? You can be a sole trader and just do your taxes yourself. And yeah, my tax bill was massive and I started thinking like, okay, well, I mean, I guess technically right now I am running my own business. Like, should I look to set up a company and like, would that make things easier for tax season next time? And, and I sort of found myself in this position of like having a business and then having to figure out how to deal with it. Like, it wasn't that I decided I was going to run a business and I started setting things up from the ground up. I was already doing the work. I was already, like, in business before I realized. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like, you didn't really set out with the intention of being like, I'm going to start a business now. Exactly. It was more like kind of a chain of events just sort of led towards it or it just kind of naturally happened in a way. That, that's exactly. how I understand what you said. Yeah. So what about you? How, how did it work for you? Did you set out intending to create a business or did it sort of build up like mine did? Mine was kind of similar. And, and for the record, I don't actually currently really feel like I'm running a business. So I'm kind of like the opposite of you where I don't feel like I have this intentional, like I'm a business now. But, but what kind of initially happened was I was basically in the exact same situation as you where I was contracting for an overseas company and similar to you I had to send a monthly invoice do my own taxes and things like that so naturally I was like okay well I have to make this legit and like register with the Dutch company office and things like that and so I did that and I got an accountant because Dutch tax is oh my gosh, like so confusing and so strict. There's so many rules and I just didn't want to risk like doing anything wrong uh, because, you know, there's a lot of money at stake if you make a mistake. So I registered with an accountant, registered my business, etc. And then, yeah, I started like sending the invoices to Atomic, which is where I was working at the time. So that was who I was sort of contracting for full time. And then, you know, got an extra couple of side gigs on the side, like some freelance projects. I did some speaking and things like that. And so at that moment, then this was probably a year ago, I guess, maybe a little bit longer. At that point, I realized, oh, like, I guess this is a business. Like it kind of took me a little while to realize that what I was doing was kind of running a business and like making my own money in a way. Um, but since I recently joined I mean it's six months ago now I guess it's not so it's not recent, even recent yeah. <laughs> since I joined Uber and now I'm like a full-time employee I don't have to send a monthly invoice anymore things like that you know I just get payroll into my bank account uh, and I didn't do really much freelancing last year maybe a couple of projects but it hasn't really been my main focus I don't really feel like I'm running a business anymore like I still have my business set up it's it still exists and I occasionally you know invoice and expense things for small things on the side like speaking and things like that uh, but I don't really feel like right now I'm like strategically 
running a business, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's fair enough because you can still speak to your experience from when you were. Yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, the Dutch tax system and you know business setup sounds hella confusing. And I thought that setting up in England was hard enough. But <laughs> how did you figure all that out? Because obviously we can't really advise anyone listening on what to do with their specific situation because every single country is different. And like in America, I'm sure every single state is different, you know. So how did you mm-hmm. figure that out? Like, how'd you get your head around it? Uh, yeah, it's always tricky. Like if you don't know anything and you sort of aren't in this world already, then it's really hard to learn these things. And I was fortunate enough to have a couple of friends who already freelanced. So I asked them a lot of questions about how that works and and what to you know register yourself as. Uh, we have like a couple different types. So in the UK, it's called an LLC, right? That's like yep. a limited liability company. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's in America as well. Okay, so we have what's called an Einmannsack, which is the oh the, yeah, <laughs> which is like the Dutch word for basically like a you're a freelancer. So it's like a okay. one person business is kind of how it translates to. Uh, and then you also have this thing called a a, a BV, which is a BV, the letters BV, uh, and that's basically like a company. Like you basically employ yourself as a employee of your own company and that's right it's a lot more complicated and a lot more expensive there's certain tax benefits to doing it that way uh, but it's quite complicated so I just went for the Amonzak and I I basically found out about that through my friends who are already freelancing and have an Amonzak and also I got referred an accountant and so before I ever registered I started talking to this accountant and like getting advice and you know signing on for him to help me as my go-to to sort of you know advise me on what I should register for and how that process works. That's good that's super valuable to have that you know someone to walk you through it basically. Uh-huh. Especially like when everything's in a different language. Oh yeah I can't even imagine. Yeah it's it can be really hard like I know enough Dutch to sort of be conversational and understand people but when it comes to like legal things and business words like you know you don't want to leave it to chance you really want to know what you're doing and what you're signing for yeah totally sounds like the I'm not even going to try and pronounce it or maybe I will Amanzak is that any close yeah. Amanzak yeah, Amanzak okay that sounds like the equivalent of the sole trader here in the UK uh-huh. which is where you're not technically a business but um, what sounds like it's different is that in the UK, you don't have to like register as a company or anything for being a sole trader. It just means that you register and you tell the tax department, hey, I'm working for myself, going to be filing my own taxes. Right. And then you do it from there. Whereas my company is that second one you said, the BV. And LLC is where basically I have a company and I employ myself and I okay. could employ other people but I do not. <laughs> do you like pay yourself a salary? I do. I pay myself a salary and I pay myself dividends. And... Okay. Tell, tell us more about that. I, okay. I want to hear more about it. So how I started my company is, like I said, I, I realized that, oh, I'm paying a lot of taxes. I think my tax bill came to like, I don't know, I think it was like 10,000 pounds or something like that. And mm-hmm. that was just from maybe three or four months of contracting, right? So I was like, this is ridiculous. If I times this by like the whole year, yeah, I'm going to be paying a, a super huge tax bill and I don't want that. There must be a better way. And so I put out a call for like, does anyone have an accountant that recommend? Because like you, I wanted to talk to someone who actually understood the process and could walk me through it. And luckily, uh, Mike Hurley, who runs the network Relay FM, 
recommended me his accountant and so we got on the phone and this guy Andrew talked to me for like I swear it was like an hour and a half like answering all of my questions about like so what is it because I had no clue like I felt so stupid I just didn't understand I was like okay so I have a company like what does that mean like expensing and like you know how do I get paid and what's involved with this I just wanted to understand what I was getting myself into you know and I still don't think I fully grasped it but anyway um, so he helped me through the setup process of like registering as an LLC and setting up with accounting software and everything like that and explained to me how it all works because it's a very common thing that they often do for people who are contracting to like you know help them save a bit on taxes and just manage things a bit better so basically my salary every month is only 680 pounds and that puts me in like the low tax bracket right to pay on my wages in quote marks um and then I can pay myself dividends up to like I can't remember the exact number there's like a certain amount a year I shouldn't pay myself out more than otherwise I go into like a new tax bracket Mm -hmm. but dividends I think you pay less tax on or something like that so that's why the bulk of my like income is actually dividends taking out dividends from my company because I am the company director and I own 100% of the shares you know what I mean right (laughs) so this yeah this thing gets complicated and I don't think I fully realized that when I was getting into it but um so yes well as now I'll have to pay my own personal tax bill still like on that salary and dividends and then I also pay corporation tax on my company um and my accountant helps with that side of things which is really good Wow, that sounds so complicated. Like, yes, do you, it does. <laughs> do you feel like you fully understand it now? Did it take you a while to kind of wrap your head around that? I imagine it would have. It did. It really did. And um, my accountant was super helpful. I don't know how I could have done it without him, you know, explaining things to me. But basically, he set me up with accounting software and showed me what to do and showed me like where it says how much profit my company has and how much uh-huh. I'm allowed to take out, out as dividends so I don't accidentally end up spending half of my like yeah. tax bill, you know, on yeah. myself. Um, so that was really useful. And now I find it pretty smooth to run. Like my business bank account is connected to the accounting software. So I just have to go in and like reconcile the bank, bank transactions, which is a word I already knew about from working at zero, but I wouldn't have known about if I hadn't have worked there. And essentially it means like explaining them, right? Like you're saying yeah, classifying that, yeah yeah like there's this payment from this web the service so I have to market a software and you know upload a receipt or whatever just to make everything in order in case you get audited one day uh. so yeah um then our community came about and that is a whole different story that we don't think we need to get into here but basically um if you supply a digital service to the EU you have to pay taxes like to that country that the person is in yes, something like yes. that and yeah, that has been a nightmare to sort yeah, it's out. It's very complicated, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But on on the whole, I feel like I understand it now and I feel like a business owner, which is really cool. Like I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I can I can put this Uber on the business because I'm going to a work thing. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff, which is really fun. And I just even though I'm technically still working full time for someone, I just feel like I'm pretty independent because I have a business, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. a false sense of independence. (laughs) So like, does your business grow profit? Like, like does your business account basically grow? Because for me being more of like a sole trader, I basically pay out almost everything from my business account into my personal account. So it's never like growing money or like making profit, so to speak. Like how does that work with you in your case? Yeah. Well, so I think it's that, I'm basically treating my business account 
as first of all the savings to pay my corporation taxes yeah. and also just like as another savings account essentially because it's still my money you know at the end of the day but it's just that if I paid it all out to myself I would have to pay more in my personal taxes mm-hmm. and so it's kind of better for some of it to stay in the business and I think at the limit was like I don't know 32,000 pounds or something I'm allowed to take out in dividends from the business per year right on top of the like small salary that I get per month so <laughs> Six yeah that, that's enough to get by on and um, the rest can just stay in the business account as savings yeah. oh that's so cool and so do you like if you need to buy something like for the business, like, I don't know, let's say you need a new computer. Would you buy that from your like personal money in your personal account or from your business account? I would definitely buy it from my business account. Uh huh. Okay. My rule of thumb with expensing and it's different for different countries. So you do have to be careful with like exactly how it works and definitely would encourage anyone listening to look up how expensing things works in your country. But essentially if you can explain the thing and justify why it is a business purpose and that you use it, like for business purposes and that is its own main purpose then you're fine to expense it if i perhaps had like a hobby that wasn't earning me money and wasn't part of my business that i used my computer for i might have to like have a portion of it paid for by my personal account but let's be honest pretty much everything i do on my computer is for youtube it's for you know design work it's for our podcast and all of that can be counted as part of my business Okay, another question. Yes, Do you going. have to like time track or keep a track record of your hours? Because in the Netherlands for Amanzak, in order to qualify, you have to work so many hours per year. Whoa. And there is a chance that they could like ask you for proof or like for a record of the hours spent, you know, working with on your, on your basically freelance stuff. And so it's like my accountant recommends that I keep like a spreadsheet and like track all of my hours. Do you have to do anything remotely similar to that at all? No, I do not. And that I've never heard of that. That sounds, that sounds really tough. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's really annoying. I can't remember how many hours it is. Um, I don't know. I'm not even going to try and guess, but it's, it's so many hours a year or something that you're sort of like required to work uh, in order to qualify for the Amanzak. And so like, while I don't do client work, I basically count all the time that I spend on side projects as like towards my business. Yeah. Um, but I'm not very good at time tracking. So I just kind of hope that I don't get called upon. <laughs> this is a really great example of why it's super important to look into and like try and get your head around what the legalities are for your specific situation, right? Right, because yeah. I wouldn't have known about that if I, I, you know, that's just not how I would have expected it to work. And so I wouldn't have done it naturally. So yeah, really important to to look that up. And I just know from, because I did like, I was a sole trader back in New Zealand for some freelance stuff I was doing on the side. And I know the different rules to, there's different rules for expensing things there than there is in England. Mm-hmm. So even just, you know, those two countries, which you would guess were pretty similar, there was quite some big differences. So yeah, super important to look it up and make sure that you're being above board for your country that you're in. At what point do you think it's like worth going through this? I don't want to use the word trouble, but I guess it like trouble. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's use it. Uh, at what point do you think it's worth going through this trouble to actually like register and legitimately set up your business because for a while when I was in New Zealand doing like one-off random occasional freelance projects I hope 
the New Zealand government doesn't listen to this, but I never registered like as anything, you know, I just kind of took the hundred bucks or whatever it was for this super small project and like went on with my day. Like at what point do you think it's like, okay, this is serious. This is legit. I should probably register and make this all kind of official. So there's a few different, like, you don't have to have a company to be able to, like, explain income like that. What you should have done is filed your own taxes and, like, added that income to the income box that you got from your full-time job, you know. Mm. Like, you don't have to have a, be set up as a business or declare anything in order to earn some extra money like that. Well, in New Zealand anyway. Like I said, don't know about other countries. Yeah. <laughs> um, So first of all, I guess the advice is to look at the legalities in your country. Are you allowed to earn any money at all without having, like, set up a business or being declared as something? Um, And if you are, then maybe there's a level at which you have to become a business, like, over a certain level. I'm not sure how that would work. But in my case, I just, I think that I'd seen other people, other YouTubers in particular, set up LLCs for the work they were doing with sponsorships and, you know, selling merch and things like that. And so that's what gave me the idea to look into it. And so that's why I talked to my accountant and he said he reckons that I could save, um, I don't know, a couple of thousand pounds on my tax bill by doing it. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, I'm here for the long haul, so I might as well get it sorted now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess if it's, yeah, I mean, first of all, obviously look into your country's regulations and and tax laws around that. And if it makes like financial sense and it's worth it, then I would yeah recommend looking into it in England in particular I would say like just because I know those the laws and how things work here but I would say 100% don't make setting up an LLC the first thing you do if you want to start right earning money like it is it's not worth it then you can be a sole trader and freelance for a while and really get your feet you know feet wet in the industry and realize what kind of work that you want to do before you bother going to set up a business Um, we had a question actually from Twinkle saying I'm planning to start a company, but the sheer amount of work just makes me feel overwhelmed. I've been pushing away all the things I need to do. If you have an idea of a to-do list or any systematic way of planning and doing things, that would be super helpful. So obviously, again, disclaimer, it depends where you live, but (laughs) the first thing to do is start doing the work, honestly. Like, you shouldn't make, oh, I need to, like, get accounting software. I need to, like, register my business. I need to get a business card or whatever it is, you know, that's going to come as part of it is not your first steps to running a business. The first step is to actually have the demand, I think. So to actually have someone who wants to pay you for the services that you want to offer in order to like have money coming in to warrant needing to start a business. Mm. Yeah, so like first start seeing if you can get some work and then if it's kind of working out well and you see some sort of trajectory, then start looking into sort of the legality stuff. Is that yeah. what you mean? I think so. And I just realized too that Twinkle might not even be talking about the like, you know, legal company setup type of thing here, but just in general starting a business. But I think the advice is the same, that it can feel overwhelming if you think, I'm going to start a freelance business and this is going to be my thing that I run. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Instead, just try and get one freelance project, you know, just try and get one person to pay you for the work that you want to be doing. And then you can build on it from there and eventually it'll turn into a business rather than like, you know, worrying about the business before you do the work. Yeah. So like do or like get the work first and then look into how you can sort of make it official. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that will stop you getting overwhelmed as well. And just, you know, focus on the one little thing that you need to do rather than all of the many things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it kind of goes without saying that once you get to that 
point where you're ready to sort of make it official. I can, I, I can imagine that for a lot of people that is quite overwhelming. Like you sort of hit this wall of, okay, well, I've got a couple of projects going. I've got some clients. Now I need to make this official. Where do I start? Like, what do I do? And I think what, what I would recommend you to do is just you have to do some research, right? Like mm-hmm. have a look online. What are the sort of rules in your country? Talk to someone that you know who is freelancing or has had experience in this. Like you just have to be proactive, I think, and start doing your own research. And that's going to take some time for sure. But that's where you're going to have to start, I think. Yeah, and I think that your government's tax website or whatever is probably the best place to start with that that's at least where it is in England or where it was in New Zealand as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what about uh, handling your business finances you said that you have a business account and that you'd basically then transfer money from a business account to your personal one yeah anything else that you would use to I don't know did you have accounting software that you used or anything as part of your business mm, not really I'm not a very good role model in this <laughs> instance uh, I I do use this software called Moneybird and it's Dutch so I don't recommend anybody use it um, because it's in Dutch and for the Dutch market unless you're in the Netherlands obviously um, but I basically use that to like generate invoices uh, and that's actually kind of it like it is connected to my bank account so I can register when like payment has come through but I don't use it at all for expenses for expenses I literally have a Dropbox folder that I upload expenses to it's very ghetto so I don't really have like this fancy accounting system uh like my accountant doesn't even have access to my money bird like everything's quite manual and not very streamlined Um, so I don't really have much advice in that area because I'm not very good at it myself. And yeah, like I said earlier, I basically just transfer money that comes into the business account into my personal account. I mean, I leave a little bit in my business account for, you know, if I get hit with a bill or something. Um, but I actually pay my taxes from my personal bank account, not from the business account. Yeah. So hence why I transfer everything across. Yeah, and I think that's fine, honestly, because like that's just one of those things. Like the amount of work, freelance work that you do is probably not worth the time and effort to like learn accounting software and get nah. it all set up. You I know? send like one invoice a quarter. You know, exactly. Like, that's not yeah. a lot. Yep, and and that's the thing. I used um a, just a spreadsheet for all of the last tax year actually just that was how I tracked my income and my expenses. Just put them in there so that I could have some form of records. You know. And I think that's fine because it's whatever suits your business at the stage that you're at with it. Now that I have like a proper LLC and everything and and, an accountant who could explain everything to me, I have accounting software and I really like it. What do you use, by the way? Oh, I use FreeAgent, but um, I think uh, my accountant's going to switch me over to using Xero for the next tax year just because with our community and all the different, you know, taxes in the different countries, Mm -hmm. that's not really a normal thing for like a contractor to be doing and so it's not really suited to free agent which is mostly for contractors so yeah probably gonna move and have a whole new software to learn hey but it's zero yeah but i'm sure it's changed a lot since i worked there so i'm sure i won't know how to use it anymore yeah true fair enough (laughs) kwani asked what kind of paperwork do you actually need to complete in order to officially start the business and again it's going to be different depending on where you are but i had to fill out a lot of forms i don't know about you fem but i feel like there was a lot of forms and signing involved in my company setup. 
T- tell us more. Like how? Like what did you have to fill out? Well, you have to register like your business name, and it has to be like a name that no other company uses. Right. So you have to like get that all set up, and then there's like setting up who the directors are, which is me. And there's like a weird thing where you have to send the minutes of your first meeting. And I was like, (laughs) "Um, I'm just myself, but okay. And basically my accountant, they do this for a lot of people, like, you know, people moving from being a sole trader to an LLC. So they had a template all set up of like decided on the company name, you know, and all this, like this meeting that I had with myself. That's amazing. (laughs) I know. And I had to sign it as the company director. I had to issue shares to myself in the company. And now I have like a certificate that says how many shares I own in in Charlie Marie Limited. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. There was a bunch of that stuff involved, which all seems ridiculous when it's just one person, but I can understand why it would be necessary when it's a company with more than one person, which you can have with an LLC. So yeah, a lot of paperwork and um, hopefully your government website will detail everything you need. But again, I'm really pleased that I went through an accountant to do this because even just getting the paperwork, I then had questions like, what does this thing even mean? Like, what is my tax code now that I'm like technically working for myself? Like, I don't understand. And having someone there to ask those questions to was just so valuable. And Mm -hmm. I know it can be expensive to hire someone to do this, but if you want to be serious about it, and then I promise you it'll pay off in the long run to just have it all in order and have it all sorted. Mine was surprisingly really simple. And I think that's because I went for the freelance route and not the company route. So there's less sort of at stake. But all I had to do was go into the company office. You have to physically go there for some reason. Wow. Uh, And then you sort of like get a number and you have to wait for your turn. And then you go to the desk and then they give you this form that you have to fill out. And, you know, it asks for the normal stuff like your passport number and things like that. And you have to choose your business name and... I wanted my business name to just be Femke. So I wrote down Femke and he was like, no, it's not allowed. And then <laughs> so I was like, okay. So then I wrote down Femke Sophie, which is my middle name. And he was still like, no, it's not allowed. And I was like, what? What are these rules coming from? And so anyway, my business is my full name, which I didn't really want, but that's just how it ended up being. Uh, so then I filled out this form, my company name, I think I had to pay 60 euros, I think it was, to like register, which is not that bad. Uh, and then that was basically it. Like that was kind of all I had to do. They gave me this paperwork, which I then had to like send to my accountant so that he could, you know, do whatever the accounting has to do. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of it. So it was actually compared to yours, really, really easy and quite simple. I wonder if there was the same rules in place for your, you know, company system where the name can't be the same as anyone else who's registered. So that's why you couldn't just have Femke. But it's hilarious that he didn't explain. It was just like, no, No, he was just like, no. And it's not like he like searched it in a database to see if it was available. He was just like, it's too short or something like that. And I was like, what if I just want my business to be like the letter F? I don't know. I don't know what the reason was. But anyway, it ended up being my full name. He accepted that. So that's what it is. That's hilarious. Something like a little tidbit of info here that works in the UK and I'm sure works other places as well is that you can have a trading name that's different to your business, like registered company name. Yes, I think you can have that in New Zealand as well. Yeah. So like I have Design Life as one of the trading names of my business. Um just so that I can put our podcast stuff through it, you know. Right, um, right. Even though that's not what it's registered as. So, yeah. It's it's a whole, yeah, whole different world, world, this whole business stuff, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's and it's not easy. And like we've sort of said a lot throughout this episode is that it really depends on your country. So take our sort of advice and experience with a grain of salt because chances are your experience is going to be really different. Um, but I think the the main message here is that, you know, if if you're doing some client work, if you're freelancing, if it sort of feels like you're running a business but you haven't yet set one up, go and set one up because you don't want to get into trouble. Uh, you suddenly, you know, owe all of this money that you didn't know you owed or things like that. So my advice is to to make sure that you're following the rules of your country mm. and to just make sure that you, you know, you're being legit. Yeah, I love that. And the thing is, it can often turn out to benefit in your favor to do things this way. Because yeah, that too, that too. You know, you were saying that... Um, you know, that couple of hundred dollars here and there you didn't put want to put in your taxes or whatever, like you weren't, you know, filling out a, a tax return for it. I was doing the same until my last year in New Zealand when uh, one of the accountants at work hosted a seminar on like what you can do if you've got like a little side business where you're earning like a little bit of income from it. You can actually expense a lot of things that are to do with any way that you make money, you know. Like in New Zealand, I, I could expense a portion of my laptop and like a portion of my camera and things like that because I was making like a few cents from YouTube ad money. And so I actually ended up paying less on my taxes than I would if I hadn't declared anything and like hadn't bothered to figure out how to expense things. You know what I mean? Wow. I actually also earning up... a couple of cents. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that might be an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? So it's it can be worth it to just check it out and, and see what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I hope this was a good episode. I hope it wasn't too boring because I know that talking <laughs> about business can be boring. But yeah, this is important stuff that we need to know, I think. And I know I would have appreciated hearing someone talk about setting up a company before yeah. I did it because I went in completely blind. So yeah, hope this was useful. Um, yeah. Where can people go to find more episodes, fam, that are hopefully useful and maybe more interesting than this? Yes. You can listen to more exciting episodes than this one at designlife.fm. That's our website. You'll find them all there. And you can also join the community, which is designlife.fm slash community. And we've got a bunch of fun, creative and inspiring people in there chatting. And we're actually going to have a live stream this week, which is super exciting. Yay. So if you want to participate in things like that, then head on over there and become a member. Sounds good. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Design Life FM there. We'd love to hear your thoughts about starting up a business, any questions that you have. Mm-hmm. We'd love to answer them. So thanks for the chat, Fem. This was good. Yes, chat again soon. Sounds good. See ya. Bye. Bye.